Shalom to all. Today's daf is Psachim Daf Yudalf. We're starting Yudalim Bey's second to last line, the fourth to last word on the line. Today's daf is sponsored. Le'ilu Nishmas, Reb Chaim Leib, Ben Rabbi Cheskel Halevi, his Neshama should have an Aliyah. Now yesterday we concluded somewhat in the middle of the Sogya. Rabbi Huda had said that if one failed to do B'dikas Chametz and it's after the sixth hour, he does not do B'dikas Chametz anymore. The Gemara suggested that the reason for that is because he holds the Gzeira, Dilma Asi Lamechel Perhaps he might end up eating chametz that he finds, therefore, no doing medikas chametz. And the Gemara asks, Is Rabbi Huda really geyser that you might accidentally eat something that you're not allowed to? Vatanan, we have a Mishnah, and this Mishnah tells us about the karmat oimer. We know that no grain from the new crop is allowed to be eaten until the carbon oimer is brought the second day of Pesach. This Isser is called Chadash. And the Mishnah says, Misha karva oimer, once a carbon oimer is brought, yites and people would go out, they would find that the marketplace of Yushalayim were full of flour and roasted grain. It must be that people had picked this grain before the Kaimanaimer, roasted it, ground it into flour, and now it's all ready to bring it out into the marketplace. This was against the will of the Chum. They did not want this to happen. That's what Mayor says. Rabbi Huda, he says, They did this there was no problem. Rabbi Huda is not geyser that maybe they're going to end up eating it. We have a steer, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda. Why is he geyser that perhaps you're going to end up eating the Chumits that you find, and he's not geyser that you're going to end up eating this new grain? Rabbi he answers, That's different. It's only permitted to harvest it by way of plucking it out by hand. Huzacher, he's going to remember that he's not allowed to eat it because he's not allowed to cut it with the regular sickle or other instruments he usually uses to cut the grain. He has to do it by hand, so he's going to remember he's not allowed to eat it. That's only when he's harvesting it. What about when he's grinding it or sifting it? There's nothing that he does different to remind him that he's not allowed to eat it. We answer, that's not a problem. When he grinds it, he does it in a hand mill and not with a water mill. When he sifts it, but he has to do it on the back part of the sifter, he has to turn the sifter over and then sift it, so he's going to remember not to eat it. The Gemara continues to ask, El Hadanan, we have another Mishnah that tells us about this grain before the carbon iron was brought. We actually are allowed to harvest in a normal fashion a Beisashlachim, which is an irrigated field, and Shabamakim, fields in the valleys, Avaloi Gaichin, it's not allowed to be piled like it normally is. And the reason why it's allowed to be harvested before the carbon iron is brought is because the only grain that's not allowed to be harvested is something that technically we could use for the carbon iron. However, this grain is of inferior quality and therefore can never be used for the carbon imer. that's why it's allowed to be harvested prior by Kim Nekreb Yehuda and we see that that Mishnah is like Rebbe Yehuda Michael Mimer or what could we say over there there's nothing there to remind you that you're not allowed to eat it so Elamar Abai he has a totally different answer Chadash Badalmine Chadash is something that people stay away from on a normal basis and they know that you're not allowed to eat Chadash before the carbon imer is brought but Chametz like Badalmine Chametz is something that people eat on a yearly basis the entirety of the year you eat Chametz so it's very possible that he's going to find this Chametz and he's going to accidentally eat it and we're going to talk about this later on in the Gemara. But now I'm a Rav, he comes in. We had a question Rabbi Huda on himself. We don't have a steer or on themselves. Rabban and our Mishnah say that you do look for chametz after the sixth hour and we're not afraid you're going to eat it. However, they do not allow you to harvest the grain before the carbon imer. So it's a steer or on themselves. Why don't we answer that? The Gemara answers, There's no question Rabbi Huda on himself like we just answered. There's also no question. He's looking for this chametz because he wants to burn it. You think he's going to accidentally eat it? That doesn't make any sense, so we're not afraid of that. Ravashi Amr, he tries to come with a different answer. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda, like Kasha, there's no steer Rabbi Huda on himself. The Mishnah had said that they had roasted grain and flour, and that's not something that's edible, so we don't have to be afraid that anyone's going to eat it. 
Mar says, Hadravashi Pedusihi, but that's not really a good answer because Hatenech Mikali Ve'elach, that's only from the stage of roasted grain and on. May Kara Ad Kali Mamer, but what about from the harvesting stage all the way up until roasting it? What could you say? There's nothing there to remind you that you're not allowed to eat it. And Chitem, if you're going to suggest Aide Kitov, that it has to be plucked by hand. Kid Rava, like Rava had answered, Alakarchin Besa Shlachim Visheba Al Makim, this mission that we had said, that you're allowed to harvest in a normal fashion these types of fields. And we said that's like Rabbi Huda, Michael and Mamer, what could we answer over there? Ravashi's answer is not valid. It must be that we go with Abayah's answer that the difference between Chadash and Chametz is a Chametz loy badomine. He doesn't usually stay away from it, whereas Chadash he does, and therefore we don't have to be afraid when it comes to Chadash. But now we ask, anytime he's not accustomed to stay away from something, Rabbi Huda really is going to be Gazer in that case? We have a mission that tells us not like that. But tonight, the mission in Misech Shabbos tells us, a person is not to make a hole in an eggshell and fill it up with oil and place it right next to a lamp that's burning oil so it could drip oil into the lamp. It's like a reservoir of oil. Even if this little eggshell is made out of pottery, Rabbi Huda Matir, Rabbi Huda allows you to do that. And we see that Rabbi Huda is not afraid that you're going to end up taking oil from this. While oil is used on a normal basis, you want to flavor your salad with it or dip your bread into it. Rabbi Huda says you're not afraid. Why doesn't he make the gzera? So we answer, because of the stringency of Shabbos, he's going to end up staying far away from it. He knows that if he takes oil out of this little eggshell, he's going to be over the Isra of Mechabe, and therefore he's going to stay away from it, even though oil is something that he usually would like to use, let's say, to flavor his food. Now the Gemara says, Rami the Shabbos has Shabbos. We're going to ask a question, Shabbos on Shabbos. The Tanya, we have a Brisa. We have the rope of a bucket for the well that snapped on Shabbos. You're not allowed to tie it with a regular knot. You have to make a bow. Rabbi Huda, he says, you take the two ends of the rope, put them right next to each other, and then wrap a belt around it, a piskia or a garter. You're not allowed to even make a bow. This is steer Rabbi Huda on himself. Because over here, he clearly is afraid that you're going to accidentally make a knot if we allow you to make a bow. Whereas in the case of the oil, he's not afraid of anything. And Kasha the Rabbanu, we have a steer Rabbanu on themselves. In the case of the oil, they are afraid of something, whereas in this case, they allow you to make a bow, and they're not afraid it's going to end up turning into a nut. The Gemara answers, Rabbanu, like Kasha, there's no steer Rabbanu on themselves. Shem, Shem, Mechlef. Oil can get easily mixed up, and therefore, oil from here, oil from there, they say, no putting this extra reservoir of oil, you might accidentally take it to flavor your salad. But on Eva, Bixir, or Mechlef, no one's going to get confused between a bow and a nut. A bow is different than a nut. Therefore, they allow you to make a bow and not tie a nut. The reason Rabbi Huda does not allow you to make a bow when we have a snapped rope, it's not because he's afraid that if we let you make a bow, you're going to end up tying a knot. He holds that making a bow is the same exact thing as tying a knot, and therefore a bow and knot are the same exact thing. And now we're going to ask to steer Rabbanon on themselves. We have a Mishnah. You could tie a bucket with a garter, but not with a rope. Rabbi Huda allows you to tie a rope onto the bucket on Shabbos. And the Gemara asks, what type of rope are we talking about? If you're saying that we're talking about a regular rope is allowed to be tied to the bucket, Rabbi Yehuda Matir, and he allows that, how could that be? This is going to be a Kesher Shal Kayama, it's going to be a long-lasting knot. He's going to end up being Mavatal there, he's going to leave it, because he's going to want this rope to stay on his bucket. You always need a rope on the bucket. It must be the Gardi, that we're talking about a weaver's rope, and that's not something you're going to leave on the bucket, because you can't really use a weaver's rope long term for drawing 
water out of the well. The Gazer Rabbanan, and we still see the Chaum Margazer, Chevel de Gardi, Atu Chevel de Alma. You're not allowed to use a weaver's rope because you might accidentally use a regular rope. So why is it they were Gazer in this case and they weren't Gazer in the case of making a bow versus tying a knot? The more answer is you're right. In Chevel Bechevel Mechlef, two different types of ropes could get mixed up, but Aniva Bixhiro Le Mechlefa, tying a knot and making a bow are not going to get confused with each other. Therefore, they allow you to make a bow and they're not afraid you're going to tie a knot. And the Gemara continues analyzing Abaya's opinion. Anytime a person usually stays away from something, like Gazer Behuda, Behuda is not geyser, we find the case where he is. Fatan, you have a b'raisa. Bechar she'achzudam. A bechar that really belongs to the kayin, and it was achzudam. It has some sort of circulation issues, and it has to get some sort of bloodletting by the animal doctor. Afilu humeis. Even if this bechar is going to die, ain makiz and loydam, you're not allowed to do ha'kazuz dam. Divir Rabbi Yehuda, that's Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. He's afraid that you're going to accidentally make a mum on it, and you're not allowed to make a mum on a bechar. Bechar, I remember they say, yakiz, you're allowed to do ha'kazuz dam, obavachal yato by mum, as long as you don't place a mum on it. Meaning, make sure you do ha'kazuz dam in a place where a mum is not going to happen. And the question of Rabbi Huda over here is that we see that this is something that you're badumine. You always stay away from kachrim, you're always very careful. And nonetheless, Rabbi Huda still is geyser that we're afraid that you're going to end up making a mum on this bukhar. Why is he geyser? We had said that anytime you're badumine, you stay far away from something, there's no need to make exera. The Gemara answer is that the case of bukhar is different. A person is all worked up, he's in a turmoil and a tizzy about his money. based on the top. Amrin and we say, if we allow you to do a kazazdam in a place where you're not going to end up making a mum, you might accidentally do it in a place that a mum will happen. Now, what does that mean? He's baholamamainai. The kain who's going to be receiving this bachar is afraid that this bachar is going to die. He's all anxious, so therefore he might be Ivan iser and accidentally do hakasus dam in a place that's going to create a mum. Therefore, Rabbi Huda says that even though usually we wouldn't have to make xera because of a potential loss of money, we're afraid the person is not going to be thinking straight. Therefore, we have to put an extra xera on. Whereas Rabbanon, they say kolshikain for sure. The eloishar is like halal. If you're not going to allow him to do anything at all. He's going to do it anyway. And therefore, we have to give him a little bit of a heter as long as he does a kazazdam in a place that he's not going to make a mum, then it's peseder. But we continue asking, Do we say that a person is going to be all anxious about a loss of money and then he's going to do something that really he's not allowed to? But we have a Mishnah. He says, you're not allowed to comb an animal's skin on Yantif, because you might accidentally make a wound. Many a time, animals have dirt or mud caked on their skin. It's very uncomfortable for them. So they would comb it with a metal comb. You are not allowed to do so because you might accidentally make a chabura in the skin of the animal. But you could be makartsefin, which is another type of combing. They say, you're not allowed to do kidor, and you're not allowed to do kirtsef either. Vitanya, the Bryce says, what's the difference between these two different types of combing? Kidor ketanim v'aisen chabura. Kidor is with a very fine tooth comb, and that's going to make a chabura on the animal. Kirtsef gedalim, that's with very thick teeth, and that doesn't make a chabura. And we see from here that Rabbi Huda doesn't really hold of this thing of Adam Baholamamane. His animal is in a great amount of pain because of all the mud and whatnot that's caked on him. But nonetheless, Rabbi Huda says, you're allowed to comb it in this fashion and not in that fashion, and he's not afraid of anything. The more answer is Hasam over there in regards to Bukhar. These Shavikle, if you leave the Bukhar as it is, Mayas, it's going to die. So I'm reading Adam Baholamamane. We say a person's going to be all worked up and anxious over. A potential loss of money, and therefore we have to put an all stop. Hach over here, if you leave the animal, it's going to be in a lot of pain, it's not going to die, so wouldn't say a person's going to step over the boundaries and he's going to do something that he's not allowed to. We ask Rabbi Huda, so what's the difference in regards to Chametz? He is Geyser. In regards to Kirtsov, combing the animal in this permitted fashion, he's not Geyser. We answer, bread with bread might get mixed up, bread of Chametz, bread of Matzah, that might get mixed up, and therefore we say, no doing B'dikah's Chametz after the sixth hour. A person's not going to mix up these two different types of combs, and therefore, we're not guys or anything.
And the Mishnah says, the fifth hour of and it has to be burnt at the beginning of the sixth hour. He says, we could eat it the fourth hour, it's hanging in balance, the fifth hour, meaning we don't eat it, but we don't have to burn it, we could give it to the animals, and it has to be burned at the beginning of the sixth hour. He says, two chalas from the carbon taida. There was many different breads that were brought with the carbon taida. So we take two of the chalas of the carbon taida, psulais, they're apostle, meaning we're not allowed to eat them because they're already past their time. Munachas agava itztaba, they were placed on one of the benches on Harabayas, Calls manch munachas, as long as they were there, kolam eichlin, everyone knows that they could still eat chames. Nitla achas, once the messenger of Bezin took one of these chalas away, tailin, loy eichlin veloy sarfin, everyone knows it's in this tailin stage, you can't eat the chames, you don't have to burn it. Nitla shtein, once the messenger of Bezin took both of these chalas away, his chilu kolam sarfin, everyone started burning their chames. He's a third opinion, chulin nechalin kol arba. Chulin's allowed to be eaten the fourth hour, or chuma kol chames. Chuma's allowed to be eaten the fifth hour, the sarfim tchil shesh, and all chames is burned at the beginning of the sixth hour. Now the Gemara is going to bring a Mishnah that discusses two Adim, let's say Reuven and Shimon, giving testimony about a murder that they witnessed and what happens if there's a discrepancy in what they say. We're only going to understand the relevance that this has to our Mishnah on Ahmed Bey's of the next daf. So for now, let's focus on this new Mishnah from Masech Sanhedrin. Tanan Hasam says in a Mishnah over there, Reuven said it happened on the second day of the month and Shimon said it happened on the third day. Edus and Kayemes, this is still a valid Edus. They're not contradicting each other. Because this one knows that the previous month was extended, and the other one doesn't know that the previous month was extended. So they're really talking about the same day. Let's say Ruvain said it happened on the third day, and Shimon said it happened on the fifth day of the month, so then their edus is nullified because it's impossible that they made any sort of mistake. There were too many days off, therefore we say there's a discrepancy in their edus, they're contradicting each other, and there's no edus over here. Ruvain said it happened the second hour of the day, and Shimon said it happened in the third hour of the day. Edus and Kayemes, this is still valid. Edus, we're understand why in the Gemara. But let's say Reuven said it happened in the third hour, and Shimon said it happened in the fifth hour. Edus and Betela, then they're contradicting each other. The whole thing is battle. Devere Amer, that's Amer's opinion. Rabbi Hudaimer, he says, Edus and Kayemes, even when Reuven said three, and Shimon said five, it's still valid. But if one said it happened the fifth, and the other one said it happened the seventh hour of the day, Edus and Betela, then it's going to be battle. Because in the fifth hour of the day, the sun is in the eastern part of the sky, Ubasheva, in the seventh hour of the day, Chamamayrev, the sun is in the western part of the sky, therefore it must be that they're contradicting each other. And now we're going to understand this machlaik between Rameh and Rabbi Huda, where one says three and the other says five, why is the Rameh says it's not valid and Rabbi Huda says it is valid? Amar Abayah, he says, when we focus on and analyze the opinion of Rameh, ain Adam of Loiklum, we would say that a person does not make a mistake at all, a person could make a mistake of half an hour. According to a mayor, people do not make a mistake at all when it comes to timing. Because my Yava, this whole murder story that happened, when did it happen? At the end of the second hour, beginning of the third hour. And when Ruvain said it happened the second hour, he meant that it happened at the end of the second hour. And the fact that Shimon said it happened in the third hour, that means it happened at the beginning of the third hour. According to him, a person will make a mistake of a half an hour. When did this happen? Happened half of the fourth hour, meaning at four and a half hours into the day. And the reason why Ruvain said it happened the third hour of the day, he really meant the end of the third hour. And he made a mistake a half hour before it really happened, meaning he said it happened, let's say, at four o'clock, once we're using those numbers, but it really happened at 4.30. And the reason why Shimon said it happened the fifth hour, 
It really meant it happened at the beginning of the fifth hour. And he just made a mistake. It really happened at 4.30, 9 to 5 o'clock. However, they're saying the same exact thing and they're given a little bit more leeway. Now, some say, Amrabai, this is really what Abai had said. When you analyze a mayor's opinion, a person will make a mistake of just a little bit. A person can actually make a mistake of a full hour in a little bit. A person will make a mistake of a little bit. When did it happen? It happened either at the end of the second hour or the beginning of the third hour. And one of these Adim is making a little bit of a mistake in time, but that's okay. It's okay if a person even makes a mistake of a full hour in a little bit. When did it happen? Either at the end of the third hour or the beginning of the fifth hour. One of them is making a mistake of an hour and a little bit, and that's okay. Now, also of Hunabrid Rav Yehuda, he said this in front of Rava. Amar Rava asked, If we would ask these Edim, we were to interrogate them, that this one that said three, he really meant that he saw it at the beginning of the third hour, and the one that said five, he meant that he saw it at the end of the fifth hour, and now they're contradicting each other, so we shouldn't kill the person who was claimed to have made the murder, and we're going to go and kill him, that we're assuming that it must be that when he said three, he meant the end of the third hour, and when he said five, he meant the beginning of the fifth hour. Rahman Amar, the Torah says, Vishaftu Eda, the Eda, meaning the Bezin should judge, Vitsilu Eda, but they should also try to save him, meaning we have to analyze the case from every single angle to try to exonerate the person who's being accused, not to try to get him in trouble. So it can't be that the proper way to understand this mission in Sanhedrin, one says three, one says five, and Rabbi Huda says that's okay, is going to be a way where it's going to come out to be a chiyuv for the acclaimed murderer. So Elama Rava, he says, it turns out a person can actually make a mistake of two hours minus a little bit. A person is actually given a leeway of time of three hours minus a little bit. How could it be the person will actually make a mistake of two hours and a little bit and he's not held accountable for that? When did the story happen? Either at the beginning of the second hour or at the end of the third hour. One of these Adam was mistaken by two hours minus a little bit because the one that said three hours well it's very possible that he meant the end of three hours but it really happened at the beginning of two hours so he was two hours and a little bit off a person can actually be mistaken three hours minus a little bit when did this happen either at the beginning of the third hour or the end of the fifth hour one of them is mistaken by three hours minus a little bit and that's okay he's given that leeway of being mistaken with time, and we're going to pick up the Gemara tomorrow with further understanding these cases. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.